Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor. Me, Middle Mayhem. Woohoo! I'm, I'm James and not near as excited. <laughs> I'm Jody and I'm happy. Yay! I'm audibly excited. <laughs> I've got notes. <laughs> oh, damn time. I'm, I'm having a new beer. I'm I'm having one that's relatively new to me, but I, I have had it before. But this is only like the second one I've had. Ah, well, what are you having? Well, I am I am having, and I, I need some clarification on this one from you because you had this before too. I am having a BrewDog Hellcat, um, BrewDog Hellcat uh, American India Pale Lager. So not something I would normally drink, but uh, BrewDog. We've talked about BrewDog. Um, we have yeah scottish brewery that's got some stuff here in the u.s but this hellcat i think it's it, it all all i found on it even on the app that will not be named or shall not be named it doesn't mention um who is it robinson's that does the trooper beer with iron maiden yeah but this one was made in conjunction with uh, brew dog instead of robinson's yeah yeah but it does say trooper on the side um, but yeah, it's an Iron Maiden themed beer called Hellcat. Although I will say the cat only vaguely reminds me of Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it does have Iron Maiden's logo on it. Um, and the, the Hellcat logo is in the font that Iron Maiden uses for their logo. So um, I do like it, but yeah, it's a, it's a logger. So I'm not real big on it, but I think I did give it a four on, on the app. I mean, it's better than most American loggers. Yeah, but uh, there's something weird about IPLs to me because they're so they're like pale ales, but with the lager yeast and fermented differently. And I don't know. I, I just yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 a lighter. Ale. Yeah, it's it's um it's hoppy, but it's a lighter all around thing. Yeah, which means I don't like it. <laughs> But if I offered you one, you'd probably drink this, right? I would, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I I bought my own six pack a while back, and, and I've drank them all. Yeah. But, you know, they're 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 okay. I'm glad I bought them once. I will not buy them again. I you know I I probably won't either. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I I am glad that I did it. I I, I just I bought it because it was Iron Maiden Trooper and um and I you know and Brew Dog. Uh, cause I've liked the stuff I've had from them and, and, but yeah, the, the logger part was, it kind of bothered me to buy that in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much bought it cause it was Iron Maiden. Yeah. I don't even, the brew dog. I love the Scottish brew dog beers. This one was made in America. I've not been overly impressed with the American brew dog brews. Yeah, they were good, but I, I will admit, yeah, I've had better. Yeah, I've had worse. Well, yeah, yeah. I, you you don't have to force me to drink a, an American Brew Dog, right? But uh, I stopped first. I stopped worrying about it in general because they just weren't great. Then right. the local one closed down. The one that we recorded an episode at. So yeah, meh. I, oh, and by the way, they also pissed me off because they took away the haggis uh, spring rolls that they had the first time I went to the Columbus, Ohio location. Oh, my first American. No. Those, 
those are phenomenal and they didn't have them ever again at any of them I've been to in Indy. The I, I've been to all three in Columbus and the, that one twice and yep. Oh, me that sucks. Yeah. Those are so good. <laughs> oh man. That just sounds awesome. Oh, they were. Oh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, what I'm having is actually for this episode. Uh, nice. It's a uh, switchyard brewing out of Bloomington, Indiana. Okay been there before really good beer i was disappointed when i went there because they have one called lavender blonde that i really wanted to try but they were out because they couldn't get the lavender you know that actually might have been appropriate for this episode as well <laughs> that's what i'm having because i found it in a four pack at a local grocery store oh nice nice yes it, so, it yeah it, and i will um when we get into the episode i will say why it actually to me why it would be appropriate Perfect. And then I'll let you know if that's why I'm drinking it for the same reason or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. So, okay, so real quick side note, since we're talking about beer, I am still looking for the Guinness Zero. I did not find it when I was up in Indiana a week and a half, week ago, whatever. I can't find it down here. I actually did a Google search, and apparently it is not available in Alabama right now. Well, it's so. bullshit. Yeah. And I saw something about it got recalled too. And then they, they had to, you know, do more so that they could get it back out there. So, but I didn't really read up on what that was about. Hmm. Well, uh, hopefully the one, well, I've had Our, two of my four and not gotten six. So hopefully we're okay. Yeah. Well, it may, it may, all I saw was that there was a recall and it may not have even been in the U.S. It may have been in the U.K. So, or Ireland or, you know, whatever. Maybe yeah, Ireland's not part of the U.K. No, Northern <laughs> Ireland is. That's not Ireland. That's Northern Ireland. Right. It's not the not Republic Naira. Yes, what you said. Anyway. Ta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. By the way, this is the first time I've had this beer. It's really good. Oh, cool. It's lavender blonde. It pretty much tastes like you think it would, but not overly. Nice. Ooh, shit. 5.8%. Higher blonde than I'm used to. Ah. Although the first blonde I had was about five eight. <laughs> snicker, snicker. Hey Heather, what's up? <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. Anyway, yes. So on to Tommy Bolin part four. Or part four of the Tommy Bolin saga. Yes, computer, I know my connection is unstable, much like me. <laughs> I, I like my women, like I like my internet connections. <laughs> Unstable. <laughs> Unstable. They go down sometimes. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Lavender Blonde. Um, I'm guessing it's because Tommy had a habit of having different colored streaks in his hair. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes <sir. laughs> Yay! I got it right. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, some more on uh, on Tommy Bolin here, um, and uh, this this one's going to jump around a bit because um, there was a lot that he was busy with <laughs> and different stuff that was going on. So yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so I think when last we left off, he was in. Wow, my computer jumped all the way down there. Thanks. I just wanted you to scroll down a little bit, <laughs> not all the way to the <laughs> bottom of the freaking thing here uh so 
uh, once again, when we left off, he was in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and uh, he and the uh, the four Nicators, which we had mentioned in our last episode about Tommy, go back and listen to it. Uh, they started playing together again, and since that band included his former Zephyr bandmates, which you know we talked about in the other episodes, uh, that uh, <laughs> David David and Candy Givens. Uh, who'd been in Zephyr with him. Um, that led to a few Zephyr reunion shows. Uh, but all this wound up being short-lived uh, because uh, when guitarist Joe Walsh had left his former band, the James Gang, or just James Gang, let's just the, the, the is not really part of the name. Just like Eagles. <laughs> yes, just like Eagles. James Gang had hired a guitarist named Dominic Troiano. Uh, but the one James Gang album they did that featured Troiano, uh, which is called Straight Shooter, it didn't do so well. So Joe Walsh, still friends with the band, was living in the Boulder area at the time, and he was friends with Tommy Bolin. So he suggested to the guys in the James Gang that they hire Tommy. And well, they should have. Yeah. And, you know, Tommy was kind of apprehensive at first because he he kind of felt James Gang was too commercial. But he also realized that he could make some decent money with them. Which was important because his girlfriend, Karen, was um, really on him about making money because the bands he'd been in weren't making money. (laughs) And that's what Karens do. They get on people. Yes. Uh, But he also saw this as a way to get some of his songs out there and hopefully get to a point where he could make his own album on, you know, his own terms. So he accepts the James Gang's invitation. And in uh, March of 1973, they go into the studio. And the uh, resulting album that came out of that by the James Gang called Bang. Get it? James Gang? Bang? Bang. (laughs) Subtle. That's that's so smooth. That's so smooth. It should be Lando Calrissian's cognac. (laughs) uh yes uh the 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 album bang would be released in september of 1973 uh most of the album was written by tommy uh, with help from his friends jeff cook and john tesser who we've mentioned in the previous episodes uh with some contributions from james gang's vocalist roy kenner um he contributed some of the lyrics but like i said almost everything was written by tommy was from the demos that Tommy had been making with his band Energy, which we talked about in the last episode. Uh, And Tommy did sing lead on several songs, which was something he wasn't used to. Uh, So that was something else that he was apprehensive about. But when the time came to do it, he pretty much nailed it. Nice. Yeah. Unlike David Lee Roth, who didn't have a good voice and wasn't apprehensive at all. Yeah. And, and you know that's part of the reason we like Dave. <laughs> that's right, but he still took lessons because he knew he needed to be better. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why I capitalized this word here. Um, I'm going to fix that. <laughs> Not that I'm going to save. Yeah, I probably will. Um, so anyway, uh, the recording sessions uh, took place in Cleveland, Ohio, which is where James Gang was from, and they yeah, they went went smoothly. Their, their drummer, Jim Fox, said that everyone seemed to be very much on the same page and praised Tommy's flexibility and willingness to work with the band. And the uh, the album cover 
funny story about the album cover. Uh, it's a photo of the band with a young woman. Well, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're you're looking at it now. <laughs> I am looking at it now. By the um, way, I I I I'm not sure I'm feeling a little well because I that might be a little hoarse. <laughs> Sorry. Snicker, snicker. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so the photo that they used for the album cover was, had been shot when Dominic Troiano was still in the band and they had to replace Dominic with Tommy. And of course this was before Photoshop, right? So, so that meant that they physically had to cut Tommy's head out of another picture and mat it and match it onto the photo over, uh, Dominic Troiano's head. <laughs> So it's Dominic's body and Tommy's head. <laughs> yeah, it's Dominic's body, and I don't remember. Um, I don't remember who it was, but somebody pointed out that uh, uh, Troiano had larger hands than Tommy, and that's how you can tell it wasn't actually Tommy. If you look at the hands, they're bigger than Tommy's hands were. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Meanwhile, while all that was going on, at the end of the last episode we did, we mentioned jazz drummer Billy Cobham. He had played in jazz trumpeteer Miles Davis's band on the album Bitches Brew, which we mentioned in, a, uh, in our episode on Deep Purple Stormbringer album, uh, because it has the, 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 the cover art was um, from the same photograph, the Stormbringer and Bitches Brew album, albums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Billy Cobham had played on Miles Davis's album, um, and he later on would go to join the jazz band. Uh, Mahavishnu Orchestra with guitarist. Yeah. Easy for you to say. Apparently. Um, yeah. Uh, guitarist John McLaughlin and keyboardist. Uh, and I can't, we talked about how to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, Jan Hammer. Jan Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jan. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Jan, Jan Hammer. So uh, Billy Cobham decides around this time he's going to make a solo album and he enlists Jan Hammer bassist lee scalar and tommy bolin so tommy plays on i think there's only six songs and tommy plays on four of them the sessions for cobham's album uh, which would be titled spectrum take place in new york at electric lady studios um, in may of 1973 uh, just over just a, about like a three-day period uh, may 14th uh, through the 16th so like two months after they did the recording sessions for the James Gang album. Uh, all the songs were done in like one or two takes. And there was a story uh, that was told about Tommy breaking a string while recording, uh, but he kept playing. And that take made it onto the album. <laughs> because he was able to adapt and handle the situation, uh, which is something that will uh, come up in a big way in a later episode. Yeah, and I can tell you, I was in this band in college and the bass player broke his string. He kept playing. He didn't just break a string. He broke the E string. <laughs> he broke the E string. <laughs> you know, the really thick one at the top. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. I hear, James, James. I look over, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I still don't know how I manage that. Look what I did. And then the cops showed up. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neighbors did not care for the loudness. <laughs> they could have just come over and, you know, sat in on it. 
no, they had to be assholes. <laughs> Uh, sure. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, back in Cleveland. Because <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Yeah. So with the James gang, Tommy gets to go out on tour. And this was his real first taste of the rock star lifestyle. I mean, you know, he he toured before. Zephyr had toured a bit. And, and he, you know, they, they'd gone and played some places in California and stuff like that. But it was in Phoenix, I think, you know. Um, and they'd been a, recorded some in New York with, with Zephyr, but, but, you know, this was the first time he was with a big name band getting, getting to enjoy the lifestyle of that. And, uh, so this may also be around the time when he started using harder drugs like heroin. And uh, again, uh, James game drummer, Jim Fox kind of said, while the drugs in general were a thing with the band, it was mostly pot and the occasional pill. He said he once asked Tommy if he was still getting high, to which Tommy replied, I found something better. So oh, that's, that's not good. <laughs> no. Um, so if, in fact, Tommy was using heroin at this point, um, the stories that are told uh, around this time frame still maintain that his playing was not affected by it. Not yet. Yeah, I can see that. It takes a little while. Like, yeah. Look at Jimmy Page. Yeah. <laughs> all right so now we're gonna jump back to the jazz wow <laughs> uh so billy cobham's album spectrum came out in october uh of 1973 actually on october 1st um i did you get chart intro on any of this stuff i was gonna ask you that uh no because i wasn't sure where you would be i, I can okay. tell you that bang did not do well at all. No. Um, which is a shame. Which is a shame because Bang is a good album. I've got it. So. Yeah, it it, it uh, peaked at one twenty two. Yeah. Okay. And and which one are you on now? Uh, the Billy Cobham Spectrum album. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I knew I, I had all these pulled up to kind of be ready for today. Oh, Spectrum did good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, position 26 on the Billboard Top 200 and number one on the Billboard Jazz. Yeah. So no, no singles, it looks like, because that's probably not what they do with jazz albums so much. Um, yeah, not as not as much. <laughs> Especially not on, you know, this jazz fusion, jazz rock fusion experimental. Um, you know, we probably got three 12 minute songs. <laughs> Ooh, how avant-garde. Ooh, Duchess, <laughs> we like our jazz fusion, don't we? Ooh. Yeah. Um, according to Jan Hammer and uh, drummer Carmine Apiece, just make sure I, I get Carmine's pronunciation correct. I actually had pronunciation guide in, in the notes. Because <laughs> because I've said Vinny's name so much, I almost said Apathy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway uh, according to them the spectrum album uh, and tommy's playing on it influenced guitarist jeff beck to go the jazz fusion route on his 1975 album blow by blow nice so yeah there may have been a tour conceived of in support of the spectrum album 
according to Mike Drum, who is the president of the Tommy Bolin Archives, Tommy turned it down because Billy Cobham wanted to add horns to the band. But according to Tommy's brother, Johnny, um, he gives a different account. He says that Tommy wanted his own band. So I, I, I'm not convinced either of these stories are 100% true. There might be some bit of truth to both. Uh, I, I mean, and the other thing is, you know, Tommy's, he's in the James gang, you know, so it really, I mean, what's he going to do? Take time off from the tour with the James gang? To go, I mean, you know, I mean, I know there's people that do that. But, you know, hey, we got this band I'm in has a break and, you know, so I'll, I'll go play with this other band. But, you know, back in the 70s, you didn't do that so much. You know, you were in a band, you did the tour and, you know, then maybe you left after that. But Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the James gang, back to them. Um, it seems like the rest of the band, uh, minus, of course, uh, singer Roy Kenner, would have preferred that Tommy handle all of the vocals himself, like Joe Walsh had done. See, that's what that's the thing that they hired Roy Kenner when Joe Walsh left the band. And uh, so, yeah, that's they would have really preferred that Tommy do all the vocals like Joe had done. But, you know, like I said, Tommy was apprehensive about singing. He, he didn't have confidence in, in his ability to do that. So that was kind of a stumbling block. So they kept Kenner on board for their second album, uh, which was titled Miami was recorded in early 1974 and released in July of that year. Uh, but by the time the album came out, surprise, surprise, Tommy was becoming bored with the formula that the band seemed to follow and started to feel restricted in his playing. Uh, so drummer Jim Fox said that the recording experience for Miami wasn't as good as the Bang album. And Tommy would quit before the band even had a chance to tour in support of the record. Well, it peaked better, got to 97. Oh, yeah, that, that is better. And it, it also is a decent album. I mean, I, I like it, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Bang was the better album of the two. I don't know if I've listened to either. Yeah, they're good. I, I mean, they're, I don't know how easy they are to find. I've found them used vinyl. So, I don't have okay. anything special about Tommy. Okay. But I want to mention that he was in the James Gang because you said Joe Walsh had left. Yes. And he went to Eagles to replace Bernie Leadon who we talked about in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy episode. Yes. That's all. I'm going to take a drink for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, in an effort to keep things short, <laughs> um, that's all we got for this one. Tune in soon for another exciting episode of the Tommy Bullen saga. <laughs> Same Tommy Bullen channel. Oh. <laughs> There will be more rock and roll and more jazz and um, uh, more recording sessions with 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 people and stuffs and, and things <laughs> and things and, and yeah avant gardeness yeah 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 <laughs> uh, so that's all I got for right now awesome I got nothing okay. I'll have more on Tommy when we get to another band he joins later on but you know that'll be a little while still yeah yeah we got at least one more episode before we even start talking about that one so all right yeah well in that case yeah what's our, our normal thing share us on spotify <laughs> yeah rate us review us like us follow us <laughs> we're Send on us spotify money. and iHeartRadio and apple and podbean um, podbean and, and pod, like they're um, 
pod, 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 um, pod, the hell, where's, uh, Podcast Republic, we're on there too. <laughs> yes, comrade, we are in the Republic. <laughs> yes, wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, me neither. <laughs> All right. So, so on that note, should I say, and I'm James. <laughs> and I'm Jody. <laughs> And we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Oh, Christ. Yes, my child? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want that. What are you doing? I don't know. I mean, you're welcome to tell me all about that, too. But, you know, also know. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told you enough. <laughs> good either way. Don't mind hearing about it. Actually tried a margarita. I had never tried one. It was good. Sorry, went out for a second. What'd you have that you uh, never tried before? A margarita. Oh, margarita. Yeah. 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 It was good. I was, I, I don't know why, for some reason I was, I, I know it's got salt around the, the rim, but for some reason when I saw it, I thought sugar. So I went to take the first drink and I'm like, mmm, salty. <laughs> Uh, we watched Willie's Wonderland, which is a Nicolas Cage movie. He actually goes through the entire film without speaking a single word. Neat. It was it was cheesy goodness. <laughs> uh, so uh, according to uh, Jan, Jan, I keep wanting to say Homer, <laughs> which which may be correct. I don't know, but according to Jan Hammer, <laughs> ah, hang on. Shut up, phone. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, uh, let me do that again. Yeah, it's good, damn good, blonde, lavender, lavender, blonde. Yeah, all right.